You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Justified After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Justified After Show. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us. Here we go with the theme music coming in, kicking in. That's right, Tammy's favorite. I do. I, I make I make you play That's it. That's true. Even Every when we're watching watch it, it, yeah, when it's recorded, yeah. I have to play it. No, no, no. Don't fast forward through the theme. No, absolutely. No, no, no. Ne- God never, forbid. never do that. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are, uh, oh, Bing is for doing, and we are doing another After Buzz TV podcast of Justified Season 3, Episode 12, the penultimate episode entitled Coalition. I'm your host, John Comerford. I'm joined in the studio by the lovely and talented Tamara Berg. Hello. And as always, from the big booth, producer extraordinary Phil Svitek. How you doing, Phil? Welcome, welcome, John. We have yes. to talk. We have to talk some few business All right. before yeah. we get into the business of the episode. Right. As For, we will. First, let me just say that uh, you know, last week we talked about having Erica uh, Tazel on with us, and and she was all scheduled to be here and was happy to come. And we were happy to have her. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Well, fortunately, fortunately she her, got a gig. She got a she got a job, so she was unable to join us. So we we congratulate her. We wish her well on the gig. And she is uh, working today. That's right. So we can't wait to hear uh, have her back and uh, tell us about the gig, and also come back and tell us about Justified as well. So good luck to her. We're, we'll we'll make it happen another time for it and now secondly what would you, what what other business did you want to handle phil well first off i also do want to say congratulations this came in at the 11th hour you know what i mean um and yeah. that's uh that's just really the way it is in the biz it really is you know what i mean uh, yeah. i could show you guys the series of uh emails and it's like last night it came in and so i was like i was, I was half bummed but i was like you know what that's great that's you know and, yeah it's and just that, terrific and that's the spirit of AfterBuzz TV here. We really root for um, the people of these shows because we're, we're, at the end of the day, fans. And uh, we hope you guys, as fans, root for us. Yes. And uh, the way to show that love and appreciation is you rate and comment on iTunes. I know a lot of you guys are, and thank you for those wonderful, wonderful comments. Uh, for those of you who haven't, get to that computer. It takes 15 to 30 seconds. Uh, one, it if does. you're a little bit, uh, you know, uh, not as computer savvy, but that's okay. We don't blame you for that. Uh, and then, <laughs> that uh, but, but if nothing else, you know what? Get a friend to rate and comment, um, yeah. you know, for you if if you're not as technically savvy, because then they'll be like, what What am I rating and commenting? Oh, justified after show. Maybe I, I should watch that. Yes, that sounds right. interesting. That's right. So thank you very much for your rating and your comments, and please do so. That really helps us out here. We, we want to thank you for that. Uh, so, okay, big show today. We saw a lot coming together because we're coming to the close of the season all the stories have to to meet and uh, that's what we saw today this show made me nervous well okay because there's a lot to make you nervous we finally learn about mags's money yes uh, we finally learned what Ray- raylan's gonna do about mags's money we got to see boyd and his chess moves how he sniffs out a trap very well a trap set by limehouse of all people and we got to see quarrels in a kimono getting high with you hookers. know there's nothing like it so let's start with that shall we <laughs> Neil McDonough doing and and his dance the dance oh that was amazing but I, okay but even before that so we got to okay. see him lying there naked in the bed chained to a bed chained like a, bed. a junkyard dog that's right and you know but it, interesting because you made a comment and I don't know if I can re- repeat it for you but it looked like he was they they had him oh. lying in the slot like he was just some stuck pig or something he like did because he, he just got he's all you know white pink. and he's all pink, pink and, and yeah and sort of you know there are roles in places we all have them everybody has. <laughs> Them. But what for me it was just that it was the big old pink body just sitting yeah. there. Just, yeah. Know, so yeah. But okay, so like maybe he belonged in, in the slaughterhouse. Uh, well, that's, well, that's the point I was making is that okay. they they made the connection earlier with Limehouse a couple episodes ago with you know pigs and pick that one and it, it that just felt like the same it thing. Really he did. felt like he's just stuck there getting wet, ready to be slaughtered. It, it really did. That's the co- that's what I thought the correlation they were making. That's why they had him all naked and stuck like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought they were doing with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And even if they weren't, the 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 the, the 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Analogy is complete, if you ask me. Sure. So, uh, but I got to say, I, I like the scene with him and the horse and the hookers uh, and the, the hookers and the getting high and the shotgun, um, you know, oxy shotgun pipe or whatever you want to call it. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, uh, a couple things that struck me odd. Yes. For that. It's like, why? You, you know, this guy's, you know, I, granted, you know that there's not a, a, a shotgun shell in, in the, the, the. No, because it, because we wouldn't be watching this now. That's if there true. Were. But it's just, the, you know, I, I guess it's just the drugs. They're just so willing and happy to party with the you guy. Know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So willing. Uh, no problem. The, the, the dirty whore party or something like that is what they, yeah. they were calling that part of the scene. Graham Yost was talking about how he called that part of the scene the, the whore party scene. The whore party scene. Yeah. And it was. It was nice. So, and they, they were so uh, welcoming. They were. And, uh, you know, uh, gracious as hosts, uh, as they should be. Yes, because they were uh, told to make him comfortable. That's true. And, you know, it, what, how, could, how could you not be comfortable if you weren't wearing anything? Right. The next best thing to be in naked is but the kimono. With a little red lady's kimono. <laughs> of course, Neil McDonough just relishing. Oh, he's so game for everything. You got The guy's got courage. I'm telling you, that's great. Uh, but, okay, the one thing I will take him to task about this yes, particular let's scene. Talk this, about this. This drove me crazy. It always drives me crazy. Because they, this is where I think this small little slip up just drives me nuts. Because I don't think Boyd is stupid enough to leave him alone with the two hookers and Jimmy or whomever sitting outside pretending to watch him. Right. It's just too easy. And Boyd, you know, how many times were we warned about quarrels and, and not just us, but, but uh, Boyd himself when t- tells him, look, why don't, you, why don't you just kill him and be done with it? And, and Boyd says, I think, I we, think can we can handle this. Don't say I didn't warn you. I mean, how many times have they been warned? So it just drives me crazy because it seems like it's just way too easy. It makes our guys look stupid. And it drives me crazy when the guy gets away. And, For and, over something that's really just yeah, silly. Yeah. And, and it's too obvious. Yeah. Make it smarter. Make it better. Make it more challenging. It just makes you, the whole characters and the whole conflict that much deeper and richer, if you ask me. Well, how would you have gotten him out of that scene? Well, I don't know that out I would. First of all, I don't think I would have put him in a chain, uh, that long of a chain where he can roam around easily. Right. I, don't th- I wouldn't have done that. Now, I, 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 don't, I hadn't thought that part out yet, but I, I would have done it differently. I just don't like the idea that it just made, it was just, like, really, seriously? Yeah, no, I, don't, I know. And they're so smart. It. But you know that sometimes in writing, we, we have actually had this situation ourselves. And we were yeah. trying to get a guy through a door. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> in a screenplay. And, and there are times when you just think and think and think and cannot yeah. come up with something clever. So, yeah. you know, they're usually very clever. They are, but it just Almost dra- all because, the time. But, but it, I mean, that's one of the things. Right, one of the reasons why the bar bothers, is so high. Exactly. Their bar is very high. They're very good at what they do. And it just drives me crazy because that to me is a rookie mistake. And it's done on many shows of a much less quality. Uh, lesser Lower quality. quality. Let's put it that way. So anyway, that drove me crazy. I, Even I, though the scene was great. I love the scene. But they could still have the scene. They could still do that and just had a better, smarter way for that to happen. Made it so a little they, more challenging exactly, for quarrels in some exactly. way. And, and just, I just don't believe that Boyd would have said, yeah, just chain him up. But, ah, that'll be fine. But then if he didn't have the long chain, we wouldn't have gotten to see the dance. Well, no, no you could, I'm saying you still could have done something like that. But I, I, I would. It, it just didn't reek as true that Boyd would have said, okay, fine, yeah, you two girls watch him and you sit outside and let it all happen. No, I you're right. I just don't buy that. Part. You're right. So, I agree. And it just drives me crazy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So there. But, uh, you are justified, John. Yes, yes thank you, you very much. Yes, you are justified, but, John. But uh, that being said, that was the only issue that was really, and it was such a small thing, but it just, you might as well talk about it because that's the thing. That it, it just kind of lessens the rest of the show because it's like, man, eh, they kind of got away with an easy one there and stuff, and I just wish they hadn't. Uh, but I loved the, the way Neil attacked the scene and relished in them, and I loved the way the girls were handling their parts. I mean, it was just it was terrific, lots of fun. 
and just it was crazy. it was well you know once you get when i watched it the second time because yeah. i try to always watch these shows twice so that i yeah. can really get everything uh, when i watched it the second time i really relaxed a lot more because that shotgun yeah. smoking a shotgun that scene was you. really unnerving yeah i was very nervous and he even was playing it he's holding the shotgun and yeah. goes boom like yeah. this to her Chipped her she you know yeah. Don't talk about Chip and Teeth. Well, that's what she said. So, uh, so she, you know, so it was it was a little bit tense in the You're beginning, right. the first time I watched it, and of course the second time I did get to yeah. enjoy the the fun, so mm-hmm. to speak, of, <laughs> and you know the '80s power ballads playing in the background. Oh, I that was absolutely the best. have that stu- song stuck in my head now. Ario Speedwagon. It will not leave. Can't I can't fight, fight that feeling. feeling anymore. Oh, that was amazing. That was great. That thing kicked in. <laughs> Just like what? What? Why? Why so that? Great. I wish now. I want to know. Now we want to talk to Steve or Mark Steve Picaro. Steve, Steve Picaro, Picaro, exactly. Yeah. He's the guy that does the music, the yeah. supervisor on this. But I, I was it that the, the who I don't know who picked it. Was it uh, uh, Taylor Taylor Elmore? Taylor Elmore, who wrote. Said, who wrote why this? that one? Why that one? He all... just wanted an eighties power ballad. Yeah, he like, wanted. <laughs> I think he just wanted it to be a real kind of yeah. holler. Well, a holler party scene. Yeah, but. I mean, 80s, obviously, is probably less alive expensive and, to get. And, 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 and alive and well in Harlan County, think? I would imagine. Because, you know, I would imagine. Like, you know, 30 years later, what is that? Yeah. You know, 25 years later, whatever? Yeah. Wow, geez. 30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, I was like, wow. I mean, I thought it was great. But it set but I was the just scene like, perfectly, that? didn't it? It did. It, it did. really did. I have to say it did. So, how, yeah. what, whatever there. There it <laughs> Thank is. you. Thank, Thank you, Phil. Phil. Oh, yes, how it kicks in. Nice and this thing. is actually not, this is the song, but they couldn't afford the rights to the REO Speedwagon yeah. version of it, so it had to be redone. Covered by, by somebody. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, did a great they, job because when it sounded, I thought it was. It sounded oh, like that. Oh, for sure. And of course, it, it helped that it was coming through some really cheesy tinny, sound system, but, tinny speakers but it sounded and, like Kevin, is it Kevin Cronin? Whatever the guy's name is that sings. Anyway, that, uh, thank you, Phil, for finding that for us. We appreciate that. Uh, so that was great. Okay, so Quarles gets to escape. It gets to he escapes. Yes, and uh, I think was the first thing he do is goes to Limehouse. Yes, isn't it? Because he yes, goes, he okay, does. look, uh, I w- I went to the whorehouse like I was ex- I was supposed to do. I was there to sell the drugs to give you the money, at, and my enemies what did he say thwarted my effort thwarted or something? my efforts <laughs> in Limehouse again. We pull out the cleaver, so that cleaver's gotta come. Oh my gosh! Enough with the cleaver I already. <laughs> the cleaver and the meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, that's what we had this week. It's like you that's know, some, who knows yeah. what that is? So something bad's gonna happen tomorrow. I mean, next week because we know that that's gonna come back to play. Uh, but so now uh, Limehouse. This is where Limehouse. So now that Quarles is out and away. This is where Limehouse starts to go. Okay, and by, and by the way, Quarles back in his perfect suit. Oh with yeah, the vest yeah, and he's got everything. all his clothes. He's got it all looking good. Together, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty sure he. I don't know. Did he? What they do with his pants? Because his pants were probably not <laughs> hung up the way he normally would. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. But then he they was looking creased. fine. He, yeah, was, he was looking, looking fine good. the rest of the episode. But that, you know, Limehouse now obviously he's been. Um, well, shall we say, planning the uh, set the trap yes. for Quarles and boys. He wants to eliminate the competition to, to get them uh, basically well, out of Harlan or out of his way. Out of his way. He's trying and, to and be- away from nobles more than anything. Not just away from, not just out of the way in terms of their criminal enterprises, but make sure that none of it comes back to nobles. I think more than anything, his goal, his motivation in life is to keep everybody away from to leave nobles all alone. Yeah, that's what he says so much to Raymond. Well, and to and to just. Make himself the kingpin, right? And and run the run the kingdom the way he wants it to right. be run. But don't you think? I mean, because for me, it's always it's 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 less about running the kingpin, and more than about look, for centuries, not centuries, for decades, uh, this nobles holler has been left alone, and we've been able to prosper here, or at least been left in peace in nobles right. holler because we've kept everybody at bay. Right, get out of here. So I think more than anything, he feels that responsibility to make to the, sure to that, the people. That's right, because he and says the, to Rayland to leave us alone. Right, and to me, that's what he, I think his central purpose is: the money, yeah, the enterprise that that feeds it and helps things, all that other stuff. But more than anything, he just wants to make sure that Nobles Holler stays intact and they just get away, leave us alone. Yeah, I, th- I think absolutely that makes sense because they've clearly peacefully coexisted right. for for many many years. Everybody knows about Limehouse. Every, yeah. You know, all the people of Harlan, all the people know about what's going on in Nobles Holler, but it hasn't come up before. Really, this season has really focused on it. So yeah, That's I think he'd, yeah. he'd like to sort of uh, 
yeah, you keep your business there, yeah, exactly. keep our business exactly. here, and never the twain exactly, shall meet. Exactly, because doesn't, he doesn't want anything outside ruining what they got here. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But so he, he, of course, is planning that he wants Boyd and Quarles to get, as we find out later from Errol, they, they wants him to get out of the way. But he doesn't, it's curious because Errol says uh, that the plan is to get them in prison. They're not really interested in killing them. Them who? Do you mean, mean Quarles and, and Duffy? Yeah, Limehouse isn't interested in them being dead. He just right. wants them out. Right. And he's, you know, it's not until later in the episode that you're not sure because he even tells Quarles to, you know, basically go kill Boyd and your debt will be forgiven. Right. But I don't know if he's really interested in, in having him dead or they just want him out. And he doesn't really care at that point about where, uh, who gets it and how, to, how they're cleared from the field. So I don't know. Well, but he does, right. He does tell him to go kill Boyd. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he also tell Boyd to kill? But here's the thing. Quarles, yeah. This is what I don't understand. Because this is why I'm questioning that. Because okay. I don't think, I think he tells that to Quarles because he wants to get Quarles uh, jacked up over attempted murder or whatever. Because he knows that Boyd hasn't really gone after the money. After Limehouse's money. No, after yeah. Quarles' money. He, after no, Limehouse's he know, money. Limehouse knows that Boyd didn't really steal his money or even oh, right. of course. try to steal his money because he has people watching. Right. So he knows that he, he never legitimately went after the money because he set the trap with Errol. Errol takes Dickie there, tells Boyd, okay, the money's in, in the, the, bank, in the, in in the, the safety deposit, deposit box. box. And he's, you know, Limehouse is setting this up so the Boyd will go in there and try to steal it. He tells Quarles this so Quarles will be there to get Boyd and, you know, kill Boyd and then take the money. And, he, and then he tells Raylan where it's all going to go down so that right. Raylan could, you know, he, just, he, uh, he doesn't care if they actually shoot each other so much, but he, if they don't, He's more than anything. He puts Raylan in there and tells him about the whole plan, so Raylan can arrest everybody, and boom, it's all done. So I'm curious. I don't. I don't think he really wants Quarles to kill Boyd at the end, because he says the reason why you should go kill kill Boyd is because uh, he tried to steal money from him. But he knows uh, Boyd didn't. Boyd didn't. So he's just doing that as an impetus to get right Quarles incentive. To do it. So I don't know. I just find it fascinating that. A limehouse of all the people, so we, all this cleavering and all this slaughterhousing and stuff like that. But he doesn't really seem to want these people dead. He just wants them out of the way. And he, more than anything, he's orchestrated this to get them arrested and get them off the playing field. No? Yes? Yeah, sure. Yes, okay, but sure. I, don't you find it interesting that the guy that's the slaughterhouse king is being a pacifist? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, why don't <laughs> he just kill him? He's doing psychological games I mean, how everyone he, instead of just killing people. It's, I don't. Here's what I don't get. He knows Theotonin has got his own people out to kill Quarles. Right. Quarles comes to Nobles. Quarles has nobody looking after him. There's nobody backing him up. So if he goes dead, no one's going to miss him. Right. And he's at Nobles. I don't understand why if uh, Limehouse wants him out of the way, he just doesn't take care of business. Well, is anybody after Limehouse as far as we know? No. 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 But I, I don't think that's possible. What do you mean? Well, because I mean, I'm just I'm just speculating. This is just coming to me now as we're talking because uh-huh. everybody in this, everyone in sure. this world has an enemy. Well, yeah. And really, Limehouse's biggest enemy is Dicky. Well, uh, because he's got Dicky's money. Dicky's not exactly a well, terrifying enemy. Well, that's true, but it's not that that so much. Is just if word gets out that he didn't give Dicky his money or where the money went, right? Then, then that's all a problem his, for all of his clients. Yeah, it's a problem for for uh, Limehouse. Limehouse. So that's why he's always – he's not been afraid of Dickie. He just doesn't want to have to deal with the fly in the ointment, that kind of thing. He doesn't – what that could happen down the line for the rest of his enterprise. But uh, it's still – I just don't understand why if he wants Quarles out of the way, why he doesn't – he's got the pig slop. I mean I mean, how big Noble's Holler is, but I'm guessing there's a place to bury a body that no one would ever find. <laughs> so I just find it fascinating that a guy who they've painted as this big slaughterhouse guy – doesn't just take care of business, but no, he creates this orchestration such that they can get arrested or they kill each other or whatever outside of Noble's Hollow. I think the only thing I came up with is he doesn't want that kind of uh, event to occur in Noble's Hollow to put that in jeopardy, to put Noble's Hollow in jeopardy. Right, right. So. I mean, that's – well, that would that would go to your speculation that, that he's trying to preserve the – Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of because by all rights, you think – you came back to Noble's Hollow because you're looking for – uh, security from your enemies, so I know n- nobody out there is protecting you, and and I want you out of the way. I should just take you out now. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't. So, but the only reason I can think of is because of that. But I thought that would be. I mean, that that would be something I'd want to ask Graham the Oster, the writers, like, why don't you just take him out? 
Well, that would be boring. Yeah, first it would of all. be. It would end. It would end the the tension. Yeah, but you I know. mean that's the that's the like cheesy writer answer. But yeah. there must. I'm sure they have a better answer. Than yeah, that. I'm just curious what that would be. That's I find that fascinating because you know it looks like you can just get you know, just get rid of him for crying out loud. What's the big deal? Nobody's backing him. And he's crazy pants. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's really crazy. Sometimes problems even without somebody. pants, he's crazy. Yeah, he's <laughs> crazy without pants. So, all right. So, well, so that's what we saw about. Lim- so Limehouse sets up Boyd. He, you know, does the whole thing with Errol. So, and, and the thing was about Boyd. He knew as moment Errol walked into his bar. To the, into the bar, yes. According to uh, Boyd, what he says is, "The moment you walked in here, I, I knew, knew you were setting me up. I knew you were setting me up." And that that, that, that was fascinating. Is not only did uh, he bring in Dickie and that whole thing happened, but even before that. So if he knows from the get-go that they're setting him up, I, I was wondering why is he going through all the shenanigans? Right. Of, you know, you know uh, scoping out the bank and reconnoitering, as he says, and do, going through all the motions. Right. And I, it's, we talked about this just a little bit right. br- briefly earlier. One of the reasons could be that – Boyd is concerned about who he's got in his posse right. because everybody's often I mean, not everyone yeah. many of these characters are often playing both sides yeah, and we see that a lot so yeah. so right so um in the beginning Boyd's or Arlo says to Boyd I'm proud of you son yeah which would suggest a pretty strong loyalty but we also know that Arlo's kind of yeah, a little off his rocker these days, and and you know maybe I mean that may be part of the the part of his thinking is that maybe he doesn't necessarily think that Arlo is going to betray him, but it but might be that Arlo is a little bit of a loose cannon, right? Unintentionally, because right. Arlo's got got challenges, just, so that could yeah. be one idea that he just doesn't know. Who, 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 e- even these are his closest confidants. Ava obviously is one right. of them, but he still makes her go to the bank. Yeah, so. he sends her on the bank. And he knows, there's a, he knows that there's a trap there, so he knows he's not really going to go through with it. But it's almost as if he's uh, going through the motions because he, I, I thought, it's because he probably knows that people are watching him. If, if, if he knows that Errol is, is setting a trap, he knows Limehouse is probably behind it. Yes. So therefore, he's, Limehouse has probably got people watching and in order to to make it look like the the trap has been set, he's got to go through the motions. Sure. Sunday over here, you know, uh, you know, what do they call that when you scope out a case? Case, thank it's you. Case in the joint. case in the bank. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what that's he's doing right. with Ava. I know that term. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. as you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava and Arlo are uh, case in the bank. So he's going through all these shenanigans to buy time to figure out his play or to get that in 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 motion. Yes. And I, I just thought, it, it, but. What was great is, and they've done this a couple of times, and I really like the way they do it. He, you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know, you know, the no. whole thing with the sheriff Napier thing, Wh- and which the, was such a the campaign. It looks like they're campaigning hard. They got the whores out there buying votes for them, so to speak. Yes. And, and then he gives the the sheriff sister a job, and you go, what? Because you think she's, he's going to go there to intimidate her or to intimidate the sheriff or whatever, or it is. injure her or, or what, whatever. Exactly. But no, her. he offers her a job, and the whole reason. And then you find out later the whole reason for the job was is because uh, you get nepotism the nepotism lost. thing. So he's always playing behind the scenes you don't know what he's thinking which i think is great because you find out he does one thing and you go what the hell what is and that? it's surprising every yeah. time and then later you go wow and he's so far ahead of us because he knows things that we don't know and stuff which is great and this one i'm going okay so again they did this and i think it's very effective when you don't know exactly what boyd's thinking he plays it close to the vest and you find out later that all along he knew this was a setup well and one of the reasons why i was thinking perhaps he went forward with the plans yeah. you know went through the motions might just be that he's trying to gather more information yeah you know it could just be that he's you know he he knows what's going to happen three steps down but he doesn't know what's going to happen five steps down so he's got to take one or two more steps so that he can figure out what's happening further and further get errol hanging around you know give me the safety deposit box number not to let you get you know that sort of thing so he just can can gather more information and you know it does a pretty good job of you know giving us the red herring because you know at some point i'm going i I, I didn't really think he was going to go for the bank Mm mm-hmm because it was a little too obvious when he was saying things like, I'm going to make a big explosion over here so that when people go over there, I'm going to go over here. And then somebody else calls the same thing. It's like, okay, that's his MO. Right. So he's not the kind of guy that I don't – he seems too smart so far. He, he's been too smart to you know, do the same thing. To be thing predicted. Exactly. So, that, I, yeah. so he's not. But then again, I'm going, but you know, it's 3.2 million. They did a really good job of making us think that he was going to. 
So, so it worked on a couple of levels there. Right. You still didn't know what Boyd was doing, but it also, as a viewer, you're going, well, shoot, maybe they are going to hit the bank. I mean, that's right. what they do, right? Right. He's well, done and it before. It's, and, and, right, and this is the bank that has been robbed many times. It's well known in the county as being <laughs> exactly. the very robbable which, bank. Which, yeah, which makes you go, well, no. Well, Why would he have his money there if he knew on. it was a robbable bank? So yeah. the whole thing was like, damn, I, you know. I There's something that, going on here. We don't know what it exactly. is. Exactly. And it's like, you know, frustrating I'm, us a little bit. It, a little bit, and I was trying to figure it all out. So, so that was successful because it kept us guessing, which was great. Great. I mm-hmm. like that part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got to think, geez, if I was Errol and you know that you're going in there to set a trap and everything that they, you, but you, and you know, three steps back. I mean, the whole, when he pitched the idea to Dickie, you know, the whole idea that, uh, you know, I know where that money is and everything. We were talking about that scene. We're going, well, they did a good job of making it look like these guys are, uh, Dickie and Errol have got some sort of uh, bond because they're both wanting to step right. up and they both are behind people that don't want them to step right. up or don't want to come, you know, uh, get, to get, get to too powerful. Time. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so, you know, way back then he's playing it. So, uh, you know, and I'm going, geez, once when Boyd pulls out those guns and aims it at you and he knows it's like, it's like, oh, shoot. I don't, I mean, I, did they have that in the plan? Okay. Now, Limehouse says, now, Errol, when Boyd puts the guns on you, this is what you're going to say. <laughs> I mean, how much of that do they have planned out? Uh, and, and I still wasn't sure when he took, when uh, Errol took, well, let's put it when Dickie got the drop on Johnny and kidnapped Daryl. Uh-huh. So, okay, where's the money? I wasn't sure if that was part of the plan or if they, it was a backup because it seemed like that Limehouse was hit, obviously was watching, sure. having Errol watched. Right. So I think Errol was stalling you know, because it took them forever to get to Loretta's. Yes. It was dark by the time they got exactly. there. Exactly. Yes. So there was, he was stalling so mm-hmm. Limehouse could get there ahead of him and get that plan going because obviously uh, Limehouse had people watching. Right. So it was like... Even though they may not have had it planned out, Errol probably knew he was gonna he was being watched and that Limehouse was taking care of things. He gave him enough time to get his ducks in a row to make sure that he didn't get the money from Loretta. Oops, I just gave away where the money was. So that's where the money was <laughs> all this time. <laughs> that was a spoiler alert, I should say. Well, but, we're but figuring you've people seen it, have so. seen the episode, yeah. yes, by the time they left. So did you have any idea that Mags's money would be with Loretta? No, I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I, other than we heard that Loretta was going to come back. Right. And and she was such a wonderful, sympathetic character in yeah. season two, also near the end of season one. Right. Um, and and I couldn't really quite figure out why she would come back. So that, you know, there was, so there was that. that was one of the possibilities. But yeah. it did, that didn't occur to me. Well, it was interesting because I didn't know. I mean, when but when they posed the question that it was in, was in episode two this season, when when they, Loretta was there and Raylan came to her and said, hey, do you know where the money is or do you know, you know, not do you have it, but where is it? Mm hmm. Kind of like, wow, that was interesting. Right. Because why would she know that? But then if you remember back to season two and the way Mags so... Adopted her, oh, yeah, effectively. It was, yeah. Really, that was the only uh, you know, bright spot in her life in terms of, well, Mags, you know, her life being so dark. And you know, at that point, she had been so corrupted by everything that that was the only thing that had any kind of light and joy and love in her life. Let's just, have a, let's just have a little moment for, for Margot Martindale. Oh, and- man. How sad we are that that Mags died because I was just envisioning that the scenes where where she, do you remember the scene where she was brushing mm-hmm. Loretta's hair and putting the combs yeah. or the pins or whatever it was yeah. in her and really she treating her, her daughter. like her like her daughter and you know it was that very creepy sort creepy yeah because she killed her dad and yeah. then, then adopted her so it was creepy yeah it was very but creepy it was very, but it's also bit, quite tender it was so and it's weird I really miss Mags yeah, I she really miss her a lot she was so good on the so show so I didn't know I mean I, I had no idea that it would end up with her I just figured Mags had somehow would would have done something to make sure that uh, Loretta would be taken care, care of. of. But I didn't know it would have been literally all of it. giving it to yeah. her. Yeah, it's like shocking. Well, and how does a fourteen-year-old girl handle that? She's living uh, in a yeah. farm. Most girls can't handle it. <laughs> so she's a fourteen-year-old girl living in a foster home with a family. Right. There's at least one other child there because they're right. baby. And she's having to take care of them. Right. Yeah, because she's the oldest. So h- how does that? I mean, she's clearly very smart, and she's very savvy, and we, and worldly, we, even we, at fourteen. We found out in our research that she's not going to come back next episode, and we don't know. No. Uh, and I'm talking about Loretta is not going to come back next episode. The money, the whole money storyline is done. It's, now that it has we know been resolved it is, now. A, yeah, she is not going to buy a Lexus, and she's not going to have Van, Van Halen yeah. sing at her birthday party. Okay, but it wasn't that great. First of all, I thought it was great that. Mag set it up with Limehouse, like, okay, when I go, all the money's going to her. Uh-huh. So, and Limehouse, 
honor that agreement. Yep. So, you know, there is this honor among thieves, all that kind of stuff that's yep. going on. But the thought that the, the part that I loved about this was when Raylan, at the end of the episode, near the end of this episode, when he, after he's uh, taking care of the business with Dickie, which we'll get to in a second, and he's talking to Loretta about the money. In the station. Yeah, the and he's station. basically saying without saying that I know you have all the money. And I know Mags left it too, and all this other stuff. And I, I made an agreement with Limehouse to honor Mags's agreement. Yes. To honor her. Wait, but if I ever find out you've done whatever you, over the things that you just said about having Van. Yeah. Halen, if I see a brand new Lexus in your driveway, yeah, yeah. or if I ever hear about Van Halen yeah. playing at your birthday party, I will come after you. And the look on her face, Loretta's face, when he's saying all that, for me was the best because in that, you know, she's smiling, and part of it she's laughing at him. But for me, what I was taking away with is she really knows that this guy cares for her he's the one guy she would call when when she was in trouble every time exactly and then at least somebody in this world now a decent human being uh, knows i'm there and i matter to him and it's going to help her keep her secret exactly exactly so i I thought that was great that that talk about landing it i mean that that look from her landed that all that stuff was there that even though she's kind of a She's a smart ass. She is a smart ass. Smart she ass, is a smart especially ass. to Raylan, which is great. But she also knows that he's doing a huge solid, and it's not so much about the money. Yes, the, yeah, but she knows that this guy cares for her and that he's trying to do right. Yeah, for her. Yeah, because she hasn't gotten anything in the life. Uh, she's had such a horrible she life. She had a terrible life. Yeah. So thing. I just thought that that look alone was like ah, I love that look. It was amazing. That was great. Anyway. So yeah, he yeah, the money all Mags's money went to Litter. All this time, this whole practically the whole season has all been about Mags's money. And here it is. Let's get it. Who's got it? Where can we find it? How can we steal it? All this kind of and it, you know, we've never known. It's always been with Loretta the whole time. Yeah. I don't know how a fourteen year old carries around that kind of money or you know, where does she have it? Is it in her duffel bag with what the Maybe. hell? Because, you know, they had it in the, the cooler that they gave Dickie. Yes. Was it in there? You know, how did she get it? So I, that's what I want to know. Does she have it stuffed in a bunch of animals? <laughs> right. So, I don't know. We won't. We probably never will. We can make up something about it. But. That's where it went. And so what do we think of Roy- Raylan's decision to just let it live with her? There, you know, no harm, no foul. And that's I, well, what I think. Well, they did a good job with this rationalization. Like, we, yeah. it's, we know it's ill-gotten money, but we have no idea who, who to give it back it, to or who, how to get it back to him. We don't. It'll no sit way. here in a locker as we go through years of litigation. Right. So, man, he's just. We know what it. happens with money in lockers. <laughs> yeah, it's stolen <laughs> out of it, and then they end up going to Mexico. Yeah. So, so he just lets it go. Yeah, it's sort of. That's that part of that part of his unwritten code. Right. So. Right. That's a little slippery. And yeah, it's a little gray area, but yeah. we're going to let him have it. Yeah, because he's railing. So, yeah. And he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right, well, the other thing is, okay, the whole thing, you know, last week, or, yeah, was it last week when, when Raylan had to go to court and try to put Dickie back in prison, the whole thing? I think it was, was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, probably two, you're right, two mm-hmm. weeks ago. And he finds, eh, screw it, let him out. I'll just put him back in there anyway. Mm-hmm. So this whole time, I I love the Braylons, the scene with Limehouse, the first time he goes there. Uh, you know, and Limehouse, of course, is uh, chopping up meat or whatever the hell he's doing. And uh, I love Braylons' little line about uh, talking about the Wizard of Oz. Oh, you never seen the Wizard of Oz? Turns out the guy behind the curtains, what was he called him? Big Pussy or something? Like yeah, Big Pussy. That's what he <laughs> calls him. How you doing, Limehouse? And it's like, whoa. Uh, hey, he's hey, got his hackles up. Exactly. I'm going, that's great. And Limehouse is like, hmm, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Oh, is this how it's going to yeah. go? Yeah. I then it was like, wow, you know, because before that, you know, Raylan hasn't gotten, you know, last time he talked to Limehouse, he says, I'm either going to put corals in prison or put them in the ground. And you're going to help. Right. And, you know, Limehouse wasn't going to help him at all. Right. Wasn't interested in the time. But now Limehouse is setting this whole thing up. And that's where Limehouse tells him the whole plan. But well, for me, it was great. That, that little scene there between the two, they had some great stuff happening. I this big guy behind the curtains, a big bus. Who? No one's called Quentin Limehouse that. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? Not with that meat cleaver yeah, in his exactly. hand. Exactly. Yeah, man, that shows some cojones going up to nobles and you know calling the guy out. I mean, well, Raylan is nothing but if if not you know courageous and ballsy. Crazy. He's he's very sure of himself. He he's rarely surprised. Yeah. And when he is, he laughs about it. So. <laughs> So we do too, because you know we feel secure in everything Raylan does, pretty much. Yeah. Um. You know, and just speaking to that, just really quickly, you know, what? we've talked a lot about this whole season. Raylan starting to lose it. Yeah. He seems very in control, right especially now. this episode. Yeah. 
he, you know, we were we, there, there's the whole Winona thing, and of course, yeah. I think this will all change next ep- next episode, which is the finale, and we will talk about our predictions for that. But he seems he seems back to our old Raylan, very yeah. in control, knows what he's doing. He's not running from the law. He's not. Yeah. He's not dealing and with you know any why? issues himself. Because he's going to break my heart. No. Okay. Did you notice there are no no women? dames. <laughs> No dames clouding his judgment. No chickadees at all right. this That's episode. Right. Because so why? He's, now he's all business. Why, Phil? Do you know why it is what it is that John's talking about? You can't put a price on good pussy. Oh well, that's actually not what I was asking. <laughs> but that's an interesting. What? What? Where the hell is that from, Phil? Archer. Oh. Another FX show. Okay. <sighs> wow. All right. No, what I was going to say it's, is John's trademark dames line. Dames is trouble. Dames is trouble, but no women clouding his judgment. This so he's all business. He's taking care of business. Uh, so they had to get changed. Now the other thing that I think that was really interesting. This is uh, this is finally when he gets to Limehouse. Look, because Limehouse says, "I just want people to leave us alone." Right. And 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 Raylan says, "No, until I get what I want, I'm going to have federal troops in here." Every day, all up all in your day, business, exactly. Every day, all day, until I get what I want. Rooting around in the pig that, pen, that's it. and it's like that's the and that is the last thing Limehouse wants. That's right. So it's like okay, finally pulled the Trump card. There it is. So that's how, and I think that's the only reason why Limehouse is fine. That's all right. Now I'm, I, I'll, I'll do that, but I've got to figure out how to do it so I get what I want. So they make the deal. Yeah. You get Dickie and all that other stuff, and Limehouse gets exactly what he wants. He's clearing clearing the road. He's getting people away from him, and you know, of course, Raylan figures out where the money is. And that's so, can we talk about that last scene about the Dickie and, and Raylan scene? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you start jump right well, in? Well, I I wanted to actually talk about the imagery in this, oh, literally the images in this shot. episode. Two so, great but yeah, shot. you talk about it because you were the one that pointed. Well, out the first the shot was just terrific. You know, we have the whole thing with Errol being uh, kidnapped and taken up there, and then you know, Errol. Uh, Dickie, Dickie puts him in the trunk. So the first shot when he gets into the house is great. It's, it's Dickie coming into the house, and you see a hand turn on the light. And, and uh-huh. in the foreground, the, the hand is turning on the lamp. And in the background, you see Dickie at the doorway, and he looks. And then the camera just moves ever so slightly, pans to the right, and boom, you see the Stetson. And you know, oh, it's Raven. And then when you turn around to the front shot, you see the gun. So he's been there the whole time waiting for him. And it's just it's just a, it's just a great shot. So easily and so well crafted. I know it's a simple shot, but it's just so much information in one little shot. And all you've done is pan to the right. Yeah. Because Dick, with Dickie's expression, the hat, it's like, oh, that's just well, that's the show. Yeah, it's the artistry of yeah. the show. And then the next one we see, just a yeah. few seconds later, is, is this one is right we here. We replicate this whole PR Scene. The I mean, thing that, that's been all over the bus ads yeah, for months. With, with this Raylan season. leaning back in his chair, aiming a gun, looking like the Wild Stetson. West, exactly. And they, you know, it's like, oh, now here's the thing. I'm going. I'm wondering. I'm going. These guys are sharp. They're always thinking of these things. This thing was created. This PR thing was created. I don't know months ago. Uh, yeah, very close to a year so, ago, actually. I mean, it was coming out in like yeah. August, July, August, September so last year. You got to wonder. Okay, when are we going to use this iconic image in in one of our shots to co- reference it? Yeah. And, and and had they planned it all along from you know episode one, like somewhere near the end of the epi- end of the season, let's bring that back to play. Well, it's a very or, evocative image. Yeah. it's it's Raylan being in control, right. being his laid back, back literally. Self. Yeah. You know, he's got the long coat on and the hat. He's he's completely that, in control of yeah. the situation. And I'm just wondering if they had figured they were going to use it at some point well, or did they go, you know what? You should use this. Uh, yeah. And they used it. They saw it in the episode. Oh, this is going to be perfect. Here's where it goes. Yeah. And, you know, if they just did it, they saw it right then or did they had they always figured, you know, that's such a great image. Just figure out how to use that. Well, in the in the interviews that we've read with Graham Yost yeah. throughout the season, he has said many times that that each episode really goes through its own incarnations. And we yeah. start off with one idea and it becomes something else. Or we know our finish point and we don't know how we're going to get there. So I think a, a lot of times it's a chicken and egg situation. You yeah. really don't know which comes first. Yeah, this one I want to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now we have two questions for Graham. Gotta for find you. this out. Because <laughs> when I saw it, I'm like, oh! I, there I, it is. There, you know, it's like bam. It's like, and it was. It was. It wasn't like they went, "Hey, check this out. This is from the uh, billboard." No. It was just so well crafted, well composed, and subtle. But I was like, oh, "That's brilliant." I just loved it. So, great, great, great shot. And then, of course, the scene was amazing uh, between he and um, 
uh, Dicky. So Raylan, Raylan, yeah, ticking off the months that he's going to put. Yeah, Dickie but even before in. that, he goes, you, you know, you're going to, you know, you came in here breaking, and no, the door's wide open. She breaks the window. Right. That's uh, 20 that's, months that's right four, there. Yeah, exactly. He just starts adding them up. And then he starts telling he's just taunting him like crazy. Pierce, you have a firearm. We could go Wednesday. I was saying that I was going to put you back in prison. It looks like I'm, it's going to happen. You know, because he's so he's predictable, meaning Dickie. He yes, knew, he is. You're, you're just a two bit. And he even tells him, you know, you're, the trouble with you is you just think you're tough and you're not. Right. So you're a two bit hick from the holler. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to go back two-bit to hillbilly. You're going to have to go back to prison to learn that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, you know, he's just taunting him like crazy. So he'll draw the gun. And I and I was going, mm, and again, that's that gray area. It's like oh, he wants him to draw real bad. He's got his gun holstered. He's got his gun holstered. He holstered it, and Dickie's got his his gun just sitting in his there, hand. In his hand, and he's he is taunting and doing everything he can to get him to pull that gun. And and of course, Randy gets a drop on him, which is you know, damn, they make that guy look fast. Mm. Damn, they make him look fast. Of course, he didn't kill him though. So, which means we'll see him. Well, probably. Well, we're not going to see him tomorrow or uh, next week. Next but episode. we will see him next season. Yeah, we're, for sure, we'll see him next season. And then again, another great piece of camera work. Boom! They shoot him. Boom! Dickie's on the ground. They show Dickie on the ground, and they pan up. And who do they see? Just sitting there, almost in the exact same position that Raylan was in a few right, seconds ago, right. leaning back in a chair. Mr. Limehouse. Yeah, Mr. Limehouse. He goes, I really do appreciate the call. <laughs> so we know that Limehouse said, you know, had the Here's whole Here's where it's all going to go Limehouse down. Limehouse setting everything up again. Yeah. Again, it's just just really uh, just an economy of vision, visual, visuals. Yeah. To, but to tell the story without having to say too much and done done very well, if you ask me. I, and just to go back, because there were a couple of the other image thing, the um, – the the hooker party the yeah. whore, the happy whore party the happy whore party was sure. was really interesting visually you know yeah. the girls in their in their little and outfits and underwears whatever the, yeah whatever the hell they were. and um and the and the red kimono yeah. and the way the lighting was in there was very interesting the, cause there was sort of you know a, a very slight little bit of smoke on occasion coming oh, through yeah. and just just well shot and and well crafted as everything in the show is yeah so. I liked really, it. Lots of fun on this one. I liked it. Not a good thing. So, good. so after this happens, they all head to Boyd's bar. Yes. And because Limehouse sends quarrels to... The, but isn't it great before when he's getting the phone? He's like, now, he's not popping pills. He's not chewing on like they're chicklets. He's, he's been smoking like crazy all this, mm. this episode. And he's smoking it and, and wins RV. And yeah. he's, he's just a mess. And then he's snorting in the car outside Boyd's. He is just a hopped up mess. So and just waiting, and this is where we have the big showdown between Boyd and Quarles. Quarles is there to kill him, and he does the classic. I got my arms up, and I'm not. And you can see I'm not. I am unarmed. I'm unarmed. And Boyd said, "Well, you can see I." And then the, Boyd's smart enough to hear the telephone mm-hmm. or the, whatever the, tr- the the detonator. Detonator. I guess, is yeah. Way saying it. Again, Boyd being smart. Yeah, and just sneaking away. Now, the, you know, and you were you were wondering why he just didn't blow up Quarles ahead of time. And yeah, I just I forgot yeah. that part. You know that they were trying to get Quarles to do the dirty work. Yeah, for but I, I was wondering. Everybody. But even still, you know, we had, we had just enough. You know, he calls and you know just enough time for them to have a little bit of a, a moment between them before the bomb goes off. And you know, I thought for sure Quarles. How did Quarles survive that? Well, because he was far enough away. Yeah, he but I mean, Boyd gets, Boyd gets thrown to the railing and gets knocked out, and he's yeah, farther but away. You know how they often talk about in uh, drunk driving collisions? Oh, he's, <laughs> yeah, okay. All in right. drunk driving collisions, you know, the yeah. sober person often gets terribly yeah, injured or killed, they know. and the drunk yeah. is jelly, yeah, and yeah, so the yeah. drunk often survives. Okay, so that's my go theory with that. With that. He's all, right. all hopped up on I'm going to give that one to you. I think that's probably. He's just jelly, and that's why he survives. That's my thought. All right, that's good. Okay. Okay, but it sets up the horrible ending because Trooper Tom comes in to make the arrest. Trooper Tom. Trooper Tom. And yeah, with a, damn. And I was like, oh, no. And I, I said, when, I, when I, the first time I saw it, I said, oh, Quarles is dead. And I'm like, no, they can't kill Quarles because right. Raylan has to right. have that. And, and sure enough, he didn't because Quarles got the drop on Trooper Tom. The actor, Peter Mernick, yeah. says, it's just a flesh wound. It's just a bandage. He'll be fine. Now, that's well, not a spoiler f- because we don't know. We don't know. We absolutely don't know we what's don't going know. to happen. But Graham Yost said that we will find out what happened to Trooper Tom in the beginning, the beginning of the next episode. I, I really hope he's not dead. Me too. I like Trooper Tom. But you have to say, you you know, you yeah. know, earlier in the show, he said, 
boy, this better be good because if I'm missing my kid's t-ball game for nothing. Yeah. So know, like, that's the that's the like that is the kiss of death. I know. Don't. Talk about your girl. <laughs> look at the picture of her. Talk about your kids. Yeah. yeah like does not. You know. Bode talk well. about why you have what you have to live for. You are uh, surely dead later. It always happens. Never have said that. Oh, yeah. That was it. It sealed his fate right there. It did. It did. All right. Well, on that note, I think we wrapped everything. We'll, we'll come back with predictions. I think. Is there anything else you want to cover? No. All I right. Well, okay. Well, Phil, if you would kindly please take us to our break. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives. And more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? John, what do you want to yes. buzz about? What do I want to buzz about? Yeah. Well, uh, let's get right into predictions. I want to buzz about my prediction. Actually, you have uh, a couple predictions. Please. So I have a per- one personal prediction and and four that I found from a Graham Yost interview. Oh, interesting. So he says. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Thank you, Phil. Raylan will get something that he has wanted for a long time. But it's not as sweet as he thought it might have been. They're all very cryptic predictions, by the I, way. I think I, my initial guess on that is it has something to do with his father, something he always wanted to get from his father, <gasps> whether it's some sort of recognition, some sort of connection. That would tell me that Arlo... This is what came to me when you said that, yeah. is Arlo on his deathbed tells Raylan he's lo- he loves him. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. That was that's that's lovely. I just didn't. I don't think that it would be in a quite so pretty a package. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. But but I think what he right. But rather than just saying those words, there might be some sort of connection, some sort of understanding, some sort of thing that he's always wanted with his father. But it might come as because of his impending death. Yeah. Or. Uh, you know, you know, because Arlo's going. I mean, let's, we didn't even talk about the fact that he, Arlo, t- called uh, Boyd Raylan. Boyd Raylan. So and had a whole thing about yeah, Helen. I mean, he had a oh full right, on, the whole Helen conversation, he had a hallucination, full on hallucination of Helen. Yeah, which is great to see her back in the show. By the way, I know. Right, thank goodness. Always Good bringing, for her. I can't wait for them to bring back. Bring Max. back Max. Exactly. But she's terrific. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so Arlo's losing it. So it might come. He might have a connection with. Arlo because of that, because Arlo is not being his faculties fully there. He might have a, some sort of connection with his dad. And because of Arlo's uh, dementia, yeah, that might be the only reason why he got it. So that why that's that may be why it's bittersweet. Oh, well, and the, one of the other predictions or one of the other teasers mm-hmm. that Gramio says is there will be a big surprise about Arlo. Oh, mm-hmm. and there will be a big surprise about Boyd. Wow. Okay. Well, it looks like Boyd's leaving. Okay. So one of the other things he says, right. first two seasons ended with the song, Brad Paisley's You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. Yeah. And this season will not be ending with that song. Right. Which is why I think Boyd's leaving. And, but he no! will. They'll come back. He'll come back in some fashion. But he so. said. But what Gramio said was that song will not close the episode, and when you see it, you'll understand why. Which would, if yeah, you're Boyd's right, that go. Boyd's leaving. Boyd leaving. Well, I don't know. That that may charming, cause... handsome, ridiculously. Yeah, here it is. Thank you very much. So that's what I think. In the deep oh, oh my god, me. it's so good. Eastern Kentucky. This, oh. That's the place where I trace my bloodline. Oh, God, it's so good. And it's 
There I read on a hillside gravestone You will never leave Harlan alive So someone's leaving Harlan alive and you yeah, think it's Boyd? I think it's Boyd. My personal prediction well, my- before I do the last one from Graham Yost yeah. is that Boyd will blow something up. We haven't seen it. Well, he blew up you you saw it. He yeah, blew up the car. I mean, he was like, he's the one that lit, that that planted that bomb. But so. I mean, like a big blow. There okay. will be something because because right, that's been that, his that's his mo. That's, yeah, that's, that's what he does. That's what he's good. You at. know, with the the sure shoulder rocket yeah. and fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. So I think my prediction is that Boyd will blow something up big okay. this All next right. episode, and then maybe you know be walking off into the sunset in the glow of the of the. Um, of the explosion. Oh, that's that's going to break your heart because he's going to leave it. It is going to break my heart. He's going to leave Ava. I can't handle that. I don't right. know what Ava will. Ava, okay, the last prediction, well, and it's not so much a prediction, you know, yeah. it's will we see Lime, Limehouse wield his cleaver? We've already talked about yeah, Chekhov's gun. If it shows up in the first episode, it's going to show. So, and the next episode, the finale of season yeah. three of Justified is called The Slaughterhouse. Well, there you go. So, we and, have. And, what are, uh, go ahead. I stand corrected. I always thought Limehouse was going to use the cleaver or whatever on Dickie. So that was my prediction. Oh, so you're right. Then that's wrong. not going to happen. So that's not going to happen. Any other predictions for you? I got nothing. That was it. I made. I, I've. I've made my prediction. You have. We've done it all through the oh, yeah. through the episode and through the season. Um, I can't wait to see the finale. Next and where, where should they find you? Where you should can I find me at Tamara Berg on Twitter. Also, go to my website TamaraCentral.com. Yes, and please, for me, uh, go find her at TamaraCentral.com. <laughs> Phil, where would they find you? Where would I? Guests and audience. Right here on other AfterBuzz TV shows, John and I host the Mad Men After Show. That's right. Sunday nights. Tune in for that. Okay. Um, and then a few other shows every now and then. There you go. So there you All go. All right. Well, on behalf of Phil Svitek, Tamra Berg, I'm your host, John Comerford, saying thank you. Oh, uh, and one more thing. What's that? What? One what? more thing. Jeez, you got me. Okay. I know. Well, well, we all forgot. What's that? We sometimes forget. Oh. Uh, Maria Menounos on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, goodness gracious. You, you got to vote for her. Yeah. And uh, why is that, Phil? God's honest truth. Yeah. The longer that she stays in Dancing with the Stars, yep. the longer we could spend her money <laughs> to get this place to do bringing you more things, buzzes. bringing you these podcasts that's for right. absolutely free, as much content to as we can. So that's, that's right. why all we ask of you is to rate and comment, tell a friend, and, and uh, watch get and this vote out there. for Maria on that's Dancing it. with the Stars. That's it. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.